Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it is beautiful. If you find you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red tell me more button, and start creating your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash speaking of partnership. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get yours today. I am so excited to bring you today's featured guest, Susan Bratton. Susan, welcome to the show. Hey, Ken. Hi. It's great to have you here, Susan. And just for anybody listening, I want to give you a little background on Susan in case you're not familiar with her work, because Susan is actually a champion and advocate for every man and woman who dreams of a passionate relationship. She's the CEO of Personal Life Media, and Susan has authored 20 books and programs, including things like Relationship Magic, The Passion Patch, 30 Romance Tricks That Work Like Magic, Revive Her Drive, and she's curated the Steamy Sex Ed Video Collection. Now, millions have been touched by her articles and books, and many of which she actually gives away free of charge with her Insiders Club newsletter that you can get through her website, personallifemedia.com. Susan's known for her compassion and fearlessness in teaching the fundamental techniques and communication skills that make for crazy good sex and deeply connected relationships. And who doesn't want more of that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Susan distills these practices into simple basics that millions of her fans and followers actually use on an upward pleasure spiral that lasts a lifetime. Susan, we covered a lot in that introduction. If there's anything we missed, let us know and give us a little glimpse into your personal life if you don't mind. Sure. Well, I'm sure we will cover much more, uh, Ken, but um, my personal life, I'm married. And my husband and I run our company together, and we have for over a decade. And this company, Personal Life Media, where we teach people how to have more passionate lovemaking and intimacy, is uh, a direct uh, outgrowth of our own marital issues, almost getting divorced, realizing we didn't know what we didn't know, learning how to come back together in partnership, not only in a love way, but in a business partnership as well. And um, we have a daughter who is going on 20 years old and off to college, and uh, we're just having a great time together. And we have a very rewarding life because when you have the courage to help people with their sex life, once they begin to trust you, they are so positive and kind and appreciative that they've found someone that can give them advice that does make a difference in their life. So um, I'm in, I think, the best time of my life I've ever been, uh, just feeling really expansive and great and powerful and making a difference in an important way and doing it with my partner of 25 years. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It, it takes work, but oh. good. It's fun, you know? Yeah. It's like absolutely. home play, not homework. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I'm, I'm curious because, you know, you, you mentioned that obviously this came out of your own personal journey, so to speak. Yeah. What made you feel like, hey, we've got something that's going to help a bigger audience. This isn't just like our own personal secrets here. Like this, this actually will play out in the world. Yeah, when we were about, uh, I think it was like our 10th wedding anniversary, um, we had a couple of gin martinis and we came to the truthful realization that neither of us were happy or satisfied in our marriage, you know, uh, in vino veritas, right? In, in wine is truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we didn't know what to do about it. You know, we'd grown apart sexually after a decade and we were you know in silicon valley we were both very busy had very good very good careers and uh we were raising our daughter together but we ended up being platonic you know like brother and sister mm -hmm. not husband and wife and i remember that he wanted a lot of sex with me and i just was not that interested anymore and i felt bad about it but I don't know. At the time, what I what I didn't understand was that new relationship energy wears off, and when you end up being platonic, it it kills the masculine feminine polarity that is required to continue to want to have hot sex together, and you get bored without a lack of variety. One of the books I'm working on is a book that's about closing the orgasm gap. The fact that more than 90% of the time when you have intercourse, a man achieves an orgasm, but 55% of the time, a woman may achieve an orgasm. Most women aren't having orgasms from intercourse, and yet that's what your husband wants from you year in, year out, thousands of nights in a row. And so how long do you want to keep doing that if it's not as good for you as it is for him? You don't. So in the years since then, I have learned how to close that orgasm gap. And that is one of the next books I, I am writing. But um, we didn't know that. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to close the gap. We didn't know how to come back together. We, you know, we just, he, he tried everything and I rejected it. And uh, then he got pissed at me. And then he emotionally checked out of the relationship. And then I was like, what do I need you around for? You're not doing it. You're not adding any value. You know, and I think this happens. I'm not saying we're unique. I'm saying we're the opposite. I think we are exactly like everybody else. We are not special. And we saw this happening yeah. to a friend with all of the couples that had gotten married around the same time. We had all our friends were getting divorced. And we're like, all right, well, we could get divorced. And then I could like give up the best friend I've ever had, which I don't want to do. I'd rather figure out how to want you again for sex. So we ended up going to a bunch of sex workshops. We did a lot of soul searching. Uh, we went to a lot of Tony Robbins events. We went to tantric events. We learned about a technique called expanded orgasm that we started doing together that, would, that brought us back closer together sexually and took away some of the boredom because we were doing something new, beginning as beginners together in our sex life, bringing that freshness, that teenage kind of newness back in. And after a few years, we were having the best sex of our lives to the point where every time we made love, 
it was better than the last time. And the last time we made love, we were like, oh my God, that's the best thing we've ever done together. It was crazy. And uh, 25 years now, I can tell you that I, my sex life is still getting better and better with my husband. There, because what we did was we learned some fundamental skills that help you turn your mate into your sexual soulmate. And that's actually the title of my latest book that's not released yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. I write a lot. I've got so. a lot to say. I got a lot to share. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, we created we created ourselves into sexual soulmates by understanding, I don't know, some very practical approaches like how to be present, how to set the lover space, what I call the sexual soulmate pact, how to get that polarity back, that masculine feminine magnetism, where you're not trying to have sex with your freaking brother, you know? Mm. Uh, how to embody our sexuality more, how to have erotic play dates where you get that teenage feeling again. These are the things that make a real difference. And so I don't even remember what your question was, but that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was an excellent answer, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> to a Thank question you. I can't remember. <laughs> you know, I, something you said there stood out, which was you said, you know, it's still work. I mean, it's not like it's rubber stamp. Everything's super easy now. There's still things like that go on. Putting attention on it. Yeah. It's it's like it's an in, it's intentional awareness, less less work and more intention. Yeah. So so when you feel like you've gotten maybe off your path of partnership, do you have like a, a kind of guiding principle or a mantra or something that you use to kind of bring you back on onto the straight and narrow, if you will? Yeah, I can tell you. It's called the platinum rule. You know, the golden rule is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. We're all taught that, right? Right. Be, be nice to people so they're nice to you. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that we bring that into our relationships where you treat your husband the way you want to be treated and he treats you the way he wants to be treated and then no one's getting treated the way they actually want to be treated because mm -hmm. we all want to be treated slightly differently sure. you're in a relationship because there are specific things you value and want and they're wildly different than the things that i want and so we actually came up with and this is this is probably my my all-time most popular selling book it's 10 bucks it's called Relationship Magic. And uh, I've sold hundreds, and I've probably sold a quarter of a million dollars worth of that book myself. Mm -hmm. It is a workbook. It's like, I don't know, 40 pages. There's like 20 pages that actually are like the, the meat of it. And you download it, and you go through, and you figure out, it helps you figure out what your top four relationship values are what are the most important things to you in a relationship and then you can do it with your partner and you if you're single you'll know you'll be able to tell someone you're dating you know what i really want i want these things this is what i'm looking for could you give this to me and then you kind of can qualify whether they're really right for you or not and if you're in a relationship you can say to your husband or your wife hey just get up every morning and do these four things. That's all I want you to put your attention on with me because this is what's going to make me feel like I am in the perfect relationship with you. Once you get up in the morning and you start doing that for each other, which, by the way, two things. Number one, for a guy, if you give a dude a four-line a four checklist, 
you've created a win for him. Like now it's not a mystery. What the heck? (laughs) Right now he's not casting about feeling rejected, making bad guesses. You've given him the formula to your happiness. And of course, when you make mama happy, she wants to make you happy in the ways that matter most to you. Right? So then you ask for what you want and she focuses on giving that to you. And what I have found is that very few people, if ever any, are asking for things that their partner wouldn't happily give them. They just didn't know what they were. So to me, the mantra is follow the platinum rule. Tell your, figure out and get super clear on what you want based on your values. And I can give you an example. Yeah. Lauren and Robert. Lauren, she wants, she's a little difficult. She wants security as her number one thing. She wants to be taken care of by Robert. She needs him to uh, get her car door for her, make sure the burglar, they have a burglar alarm and health insurance and the bills get paid and he's always got a steady job and he takes out the trash on time every week and lifts the heavy things she doesn't, she can't lift and whatever, like the simple stuff, which is also, by the way, for her, that makes her feel like he's really masculine and there for her. Mm-hmm. And that's super important to her in a relationship. But her number two thing, because she's a very strong woman, as many women are now, she, uh, you know, she has a high power job and she makes equal to the amount of money that Robert's bringing home. Number two thing she wants is freedom. She needs to be able to go out and do what she needs to do and run her life the way she wants to. And if you if you uh, follow David Snarch, who wrote The Passionate Marriage and some of what I think are the seminal books on having a long-term passionate relationship, the thing he says is that in the crucible of a marriage, the, if you learn how to stand alone together in that container of your relationship where you are your own person, your partner is their own person, and you're together as separate entities where you don't merge into one, which reduces the polarity. Again, you know, you keep the polarity high. So Lauren wanted freedom as her number two. She wants you to totally take care of her and give her all the rope she needs. And that, as soon as Robert understood that those were important to her, and honesty. She wanted him to tell her everything that was very important to her. She never wanted to be blindsided by anything. And then she also liked fun and adventure. She wanted a lot of variety. She needed to do a lot of things. So that was easy for Robert because honesty was a match for him. Growth was a match for him. He married her because she was strong. She pushed him to be the best he could be. He liked to constantly grow and she was a good judge of what his potential was. So honesty, they were a match on. His number one, though, was passion. And he wanted to, it was really not just, I want sex every day or whatever it might be. It was about affection. For many men, they need a lot of kissing and hugging and they want to see you naked and they want you to, you know, just snuggle up to them. He just wanted to have her womanly, physical, turned on presence in his life on a daily basis. So when she knew that, she got up every day and she made sure, okay, I'm going to kiss him. I'm going to give him a hug. I'm going to make sure that I give him a hug before I get dressed in the morning. You know, we'll take showers together or get naked in the hot tub. Like she knew those were the things that really made him happy. He was very kinesthetic. And so they're a very classic example of a couple with different values 
that once they understood what they were, they could come together and really give each other the things that made them feel so happy to be together. So relationship values is that thing, the platinum rule and understanding that about yourself. All right, folks, everybody listening, I know you could hear yourself in that story. <laughs> Some piece of that was you. Yeah. And what I want you to take away from that is it's not the end of the world. It's just the process, like Susan was describing to us, of learning what are those things. And then not waiting for your partner to guess what they are. Yeah. Be in partnership with them. I love that you said that. You know, set them up to win. I say this all the time. If you make men guess, everyone loses. Yeah, men need a lot of wins all the time. And the minute they did something that was that met your values, like taking out the trash, baby, thank you so much for taking, dragging those garbage cans up that hill and back down on time every time that we've been together. I really just appreciate that you just handle that for us. It's so nice. And then he's like, I'm, I'm a stud! Yeah. <laughs> Rock! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the other side of it is, you know, men, we, we prove to women every day that we are the world's worst guessers. <laughs> We're horrible! Well, that's all right. But that's okay. Just tell yeah. us what you want, and we're exactly. excited to do it. Yeah. But we're not going to guess it. That's It's not going to happen, because like you said, the things that we need are so different. Yeah. We would never think of that, because we don't need that. So just so valuable what you're sharing with us, Susan. Thank you so much. Well, that's why I've sold a quarter million dollars of a silly little workbook, because it works. <laughs> good, good. Excellent. Well, I'm going to ask you to, to kind of dig into your own personal story chest, if you will, sure. and share with us a story of a time when maybe things didn't go so well, where you kind of tripped up in your partnership. Could have been work, could have been you know romantic, whatever. But what was happening? What, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that that let you move forward? I think I'm going to talk about expanded orgasms. Is that okay with you? Sure. All right. Uh, because I've already talked to you about relationship values. That was the single thing that made our relationship go from brink of divorce to, holy shit, we're totally making each other happy again. Mm -hmm. Number two thing was learning how to have an expanded orgasm practice. So I talked a little bit about the orgasm gap and the fact that women generally struggle to have an orgasm, struggle to become multi-orgasmic, and specifically often really struggle to have orgasms from penetration. And uh, that was me. I didn't have uh, an orgasm from intercourse until I was in my mid to late 40s, I mean, 45, 46, 47, somewhere in there. And I always wondered if it, you know, if it was me or what it was and what led to my ability to be able to do it and to wanting my husband for regular sex and to feeling like I was finally a whole sexual being and feeling my creativity and my vitality and my life force surging in me at a level I'd never felt before and in, under, and in loving 
my imperfect my imperfect body more than I could have possibly imagined all came from having an expanded orgasm practice when it's described what it is it also connected me to my husband at a limbic level an emotional level um, a sensual level a joyful level that made him feel so powerful so good in bed that it put a spring in his step, gave him a level of personal confidence that he'd always been a confident man, but until he was able to give me the quality and quantity of orgasms that we attained through having an expanded orgasm practice, uh, it was like night and day for both of us. Hmm. So let me explain what it is. It's basically a, uh, a clitoral stroking technique. It's basically a vulva massage. And I use vulva instead of vagina because that's the politically correct term. You, you don't say your vagina now. You say your vulva. That's like what people are kind of like moving toward because the vagina is just the canal and the vulva is like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And also now um, women are becoming more and more aware that the clitoris isn't just that little tiny tip. That's just the tip of the iceberg, that there's an entire clitoral system or structure inside. And all that clitoris, it's it's a clitoris, a shaft, two legs called crora, and two little kind of punching bags called vestibular bulbs. And they are the exact, what's called homologous duplicate of a man's penis. We have a penis inside us Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel as good during sex unless it's erect the same as a guy a guy has more sensation and his the stimulation feels better to him when he has an erection same with a woman so an expanded orgasm date is actually kind of like uh, a pussy massage that a guy gives his woman and a woman can give another woman this too and a woman can give this to a man on his penis Um, But we're going to talk about the classic hetero monogamous male female relationship practice of an expanded orgasm. And it's called a practice because you do it a couple times a week together. And when you do it, there's some rules around it, especially when you're starting out. And this is one of the things it's like learning a martial art. You know how when you first learn a martial art, you practice what is called shi hu ra. It's basically, first you learn the techniques and you copy them from your dojo master exactly. You don't deviate from from how you do the kick or the roundabout or the chop or whatever you're doing. You follow the moves exactly. Once you've learned how to do the moves exactly, then you can start riffing on it. But until you have mastery, you do the way it's supposed to be done, because that's the proven path to it working well on thousands of people. And it basically is a woman lies down, she butterflies her legs, puts pillows under her legs, so she's open to her man, and she's sitting perpendicular to him. Now, all this is on my website at personallifemedia.com, so you'll be able to find pictures and just, just type in expanded orgasm and you'll get, you know, a hundred articles. 
we write about it all the time. It's no secret. Um, and our program that you can learn how to do it is called expandherorgasmtonight.com. And uh, it's a series of videos and eBooks and audios that you can learn this together or you can learn it yourself and then teach your lover. And it's a series of strokes. She lays down, he lays perpendicular, he uses his hands, both hands, he holds them a certain way on her vulva and he strokes her clitoris. And the way that this stroking works, the basic core bread and butter stroke allows him to touch her clitoris kind of like, well, all right, so can you know when you get maybe an eyelash on your eyeball and you wanna get it off and you use the very, very pad of your finger yeah. mm -hmm. and you just kind of lightly touch your eyeball and pull it off? Mm -hmm. That's how light the stroke is on her clitoris. And you're doing it kind of up under her hood and the sweet spot, apparently there are more nerve endings around one or two o'clock if the top of her clitoris, her clitoral hood was noon or midnight, 12, just down and to the left off the edge of that, up under the hood, there's this tiny little spot in there. And when you stroke that with the lightest, most delicate of strokes with a nice oil, like an organic avocado or an organic coconut oil or an organic grapeseed oil, something very natural, and you just stroke and stroke and stroke and stroke and stroke that spot, you'll learn your finger will find that electric spot that starts to take her into an expanded orgasmic state. Mm. And what will happen is that she will, you together, because you begin as beginners, that's the fun of it. You learn to feel her spot and she learns to feel her spot and literally without even talking, though, of course, in the beginning, you're doing a lot more verbal communication. In the end, she may be completely silent and you're stroking her into this expanded orgasm state. What is an expanded orgasm? It is. Uh, it is when the moment of climax Instead of you take her up, take her up, take her up, take her up, and then she has the orgasm and then pooh, she goes back down. That moment, just when it feels so incredible and you're like, I'm coming. That moment, you keep that stroke steady and she'll just keep coming. And then she'll eventually come over the edge and you can take her back up to another orgasm and stretch that one out. So it looks like a stair step of orgasms going up, getting longer, going up, getting longer. And with practice, at first you can barely even find the spot and you're a bunch of dummies and you're all clumsy <laughs> and you know, you're like, I didn't find Aaron. That's why we say practice for five minutes when you start, just lay down, butterfly your legs, take a couple deep breaths together and practice just finding the spot. But once you find the spot, you can come. I mean, I've come for over an hour Everybody who learns this, they're like, okay, well, there was a point at which you were like, how many times can I have an orgasm before? And you know what happens? You just get tired and thirsty and you're like, I got to have a drink of water now. I can't come anymore. So it's just this incredible thing because it doesn't, it doesn't create clitoral fatigue and it expands that moment of climax. She can do the same thing to you guys. They might think about that as edging, you know, they might think about it as, as that, but a man can actually have an orgasm without ejaculating and he can have many many orgasms that get better and better and expand over time so 
It's just our limited understanding of our orgasmic potential that's the only thing keeping us from having these experiences together. I wanna go back to the stroke techniques too. There are actually three opening strokes. There's certain positions that work best for your hands. There's certain ways to hold your hands. There's certain ways to draw the hood back. There's certain ways to stroke. Uh, there's adding the second hand in. There's G-spot stimulation with it. You know, there's a lot more that can be done but the basic stroke and learning the first few strokes is, is actually quite easy and learning how to feel each other and get into this, you know, conjoined sexual trance state where you surrender and he leads you to this incredible pleasure. That is um, pretty easy for couples to learn and a beautiful thing that you can do. We've, we've been doing our expanded orgasm practice for over a dozen years. And it just keeps getting better and we do it all the time. And it makes every other aspect of your sex life better because you become more orgasmic. You begin to have orgasms from intercourse. He begins to feel so powerful that he's giving you these experiences. And then you can also turn the tables and give him those experiences back. So I would say that that's probably the other thing that we learned that was one of those aha moments that really changed things for us was having a practice together like that. Yeah, that's clearly something that would change probably most people's experience of their partnership. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are, you know, you were mowing the lawn while you listened to this or on our run and you're like, oh, no, I wanted to take notes. Um, don't worry. We'll have links on the show page <laughs> so you can go find this information and get the details of it and, and, and where Susan's information is. So fear not. You didn't just like miss out on the ultimate information for changing your life. Uh, yeah, it's going to well, be available. I, we'll make sure you can get to it. I'll give you uh, three free pleasure reports. One is called What is Expanded Orgasm? One's called The Power of Peaking, which is one of the techniques you use to get that expansion happening. And uh, one is another one called Touching for Rapture. And that's really about a certain way of touching your lover that allows you to kind of connect in with them at a limbic level and really feel what they're feeling in their body and your own body. So you can be a really good expanded orgasm giver or receiver. Awesome. And again, we'll have links for this. So it's really, really easy for you folks to get a hold of it. Yeah. So Susan, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, in your life's journey, what have you found was the, like, what was the gold nugget? What was that best piece of partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Honesty. Uh, when Tim and I were going to get divorced and we had nothing to lose anymore, mm -hmm. or maybe I should say we had everything to lose, we were just like, ah, screw it, man. Let's just tell the truth. Like, just tell me the truth. What is it? It's, it's not going to kill me. Just tell me. And we started telling the truth. And all of a sudden, it just made our relationship so much more interesting. And it was shocking to us to see how much we lied about everything to each other. <laughs> Not because we were purposefully lying, but because we were bred by our society to just lie about everything and to not hurt people's egos and not to, not even to and you know what here's what's interesting about honesty it's the hard part about honesty is admitting your own uh smallness your own greed your own fears your own bullcrap because 
That's what's hard. It's not hearing someone else's truth. You can handle that. You'd be surprised how much you can handle. It's it's your own flaws, your own embarrassing character flaws. But when you know that your partner loves you, and when you realize why you're lying about things, you can begin to be the better person you want to be. You can begin to see your shadow side and work with it. You can, and, and it just gets very, very interesting when you tell the truth. And I would have that no other way. And as a matter of fact, I like to have complete honesty with everyone I deal with as much as I possibly can all the time. And the friends of mine who like to create drama and fabricate things for whatever is their own need state, I move away from them because it just feels tiring to me. So I love honesty, radical honesty. It feels good and it's fun and it's sexy and it's zesty and it's interesting and it's just the best. And it's you don't have to remember what you said. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to maintain the lies. You can just yeah. be like, that's where it's at. I think people who are liars are good at remembering. I don't think that's a big thing for a lot of people who are liars. I think it's just a habit. Lying becomes a habit yeah. and it is culturally driven into our system so deeply. Oh, and of course, you know, uh, I just read this really interesting book by Jack Myers called The Future of Men, where he basically says men are about to go into a massive tailswing in our in our culture because they're used to lying about everything. Like the number one thing they do is deny, deny, deny. You certainly see that in politics. Mm -hmm. And uh, now you can't get away with it because there's chat log. I mean, look at Anthony Weiner, right? There's chat logs and everything. There's a, there's a digital trail to our lives. Yeah. There didn't used to be. You used to be able to cover things up. So lying is becoming less and less even a possibility in people's lives. And truth telling is becoming, some, it's, it goes in that same category with authenticity, you know, and, and uh, you know, fake news. People want the truth. So uh, you'll see more and more people telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a cultural cultural phenomenon, that's for sure. So Susan, I know we've talked about, you know, amazing resources. We've probably only barely touched the surface of, of what you have available through your work. I know. <laughs> I'm wondering I've been making stuff for ten years for you yeah. people. I got some stuff over here. <laughs> I bet you do. So I'd like to know outside of your own th offerings, what's like a book or a resource that you're just like, if I could only recommend one thing to somebody listening about partnership, this is what it would be. Um, I would say the number one book that I would recommend is a woman, the woman's anatomy of arousal by Sherry Winston. Um, she's also written other books, but I just think that is, you know, you can't see me right now, but I'm sitting in my office and I am surrounded by shelves and shelves of books about sex and relationship. I have an insatiable sexual book appetite. <laughs> 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 And uh, that book stands at the pinnacle of all the books I've ever, ever read. The other one is Passionate Marriage by David Schnarch, S-C-H-N-A-R-C-H. 
uh, those two nailed it as far as I'm concerned. They are the real deal. They know what they're talking about, about sex and love. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So what I'd love to do, Susan, is, is let's leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And what I mean by that is a specific example of something that you were able to do or create or experience that was totally the result of being in a partnership. It would not and could not have happened on your own. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Sure. I think what I want to tell you about is a little thing called thank you. This is part of my sexual soulmate pact, if you will. One of the things that I've learned is that agreements really help people structure, helps people have even hotter, sexier relationships. And women are very cyclical. We, you know, we have our five-day horny window after our periods when we're ovulating, when we're the best at sex. And then it, you know, that goes and we're not as feeling as sexual. And uh, every single day, our body is in a different hormonal balance of estrogen, testosterone, you know, all those serotonin and dopamine and all these things that run us. We are run by our hormones. Hormones are in control, not us. We'd like to think we are, and <laughs> but we're not. We're animals. Mm-hmm. We're animals with a cultural, societal overlay. And as an agreement, as partners, if you think about most women, they don't, they're afraid to give their man sec- feedback about his, what he's doing sexually because they don't want to hurt his ego, which I think is total crap, but I understand it. And here's the, how you get around that whole thing and let that go. And that is this notion of reporting in from your animal. The idea that he's not doing anything wrong. It's together we're figuring out what's giving us the most pleasure today. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be agree to be responsible. I may not know what I want, but I'll know when something isn't it. And I'll speak up so that you can adjust Maybe it's harder, maybe it's faster, maybe it's slower, maybe it's deeper, maybe it's, you know, spongier, maybe it's draggier, maybe it's not that thing at all, you know. Um, You don't shoot the messenger, right? I'm just telling you what my body is telling me. It has nothing to do with you or what you're doing. And when I tell you that and we're making love, you don't need me to say, oh, honey, would you please move your hand here? Or would you t- please stroke me this way? You just say, do this, move there. I don't like that. Go lighter. You don't use your manners. Because when you use manners, you're essentially taking yourself out of your animal and into your rational brain. And you can no longer be orgasmic in that way. And so, uh, and then when your partner, instead of going, I know, or, oh, I'm sorry, or whatever, that's going to make you contract and not tell him anymore. He says, okay, baby, or thank you, or how's this? So he goes from, I did something wrong to, thanks for that information. So there's no failure, 
There's only feedback. So him being hungry for that feedback and wanting you to tell him so that he can give you the most incredible pleasure possible and no one's to blame and everyone understands that this is the agreement. Man, that just takes your sex life and there and therefore your relationship. Because how many people do you know who have a bad sex life that have a bad relationship that are mentally stable? (laughs) (laughs) There is that caveat, right? I mean, there's some people who are disasters and the only thing they do well is have sex, right? I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about your average everyday person like you, like me. A bad sex life rots out a relationship, a great sex life increases the joy of it. And so to me, that sexual soulmate pack, that there is no failure, only feedback. Thank you, baby. Okay, gotcha. How's this? Man, that just explodes the amount of pleasure you can co-create. Yeah, no, that I love what, what it's probably just what I heard you say, but what I heard you saying was instead of trying to figure it out, you're feeling it out. Yeah, that's nice. And it's paying attention to how you're feeling as opposed to this should be this way or I should need this or that's supposed to be this and he'll want me to do that. And I think we get so caught up in the shoulds. Yeah. Like you said, we're we're in our heads and you can't really be receiving the experience you're having if you're trying to analyze it. You can't. As a matter of fact, if you have trouble being in your head a lot during sex, my best recommendation is meditation because the same brainwave state that is meditation, which is your theta brainwave state, is your sexual trance state of orgasm. So the faster you can slip into the theta state, the easier it'll be to get out of your head during sex. And then if you don't have to use your manners and you can just say whatever you need to say, because, hey, you're just reporting in from your animal. And your lover's like, thank you. That's awesome. Okay, how's this? Mm-hmm. And he's loving it because he's getting what he needs, which is the information he needs to win. Yep. It's it's just perfect. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. That's fantastic. Good. And I think we've already clarified that there is a giant treasure trove of information <laughs> over in your world at your website. So can you just remind our listeners how do they contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, just go to personal life media. Dot com. I'm also on YouTube under Better Lover. You can just find me under Susan Bratton. I'm easy to find. And uh, you can come to our website. There's plenty of free things all over that. You can sign up for my mailing list. You can send me an email, susan at personallifemedia.com. And we'll get you on the list, whatever you need. We've got tons of free advice. And uh, really, there's no, uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of programs for purchase. There's no need to do them. You can spend the next 20 years taking her free <laughs> advice and we'll happily send it. There's, you know, there's always going to be a time when you're ready and a time when you're building up to things. And so we're here just cranking out great info like this. That is awesome. And I think everyone listening knows that when she says a lot of free advice, it's not the traditional free advice that we get <laughs> that's unsolicited and not really valuable. This is clearly very, very valuable information that's been researched and vetted and gone over again and again to make sure that it's valuable. So thank you, Susan. And thank you so much for being on our show today. Ha, my pleasure. Can you tell? (laughs) I I can. It makes me smile. Ha, me too. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. 
Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.